Okay, take your Bible tonight and go to 1 John and chapter number 4 as we get back into our series in 1 John and chapter number 4. <clears throat> so you're going to see, I think very quickly, just how much that Brother Josh's message matches up and um, fits uh, where we are. And or how this fits his message. That's a blessing just seeing uh, God work that way. And I enjoyed that. And and um, now I understand why I so love the Asian culture. If they love through food, I'm all in. Man, that's that's good stuff. And uh, I've heard a lot about uh, Josh's family and their meals. And and he's a good cook, too. So anyways, it's a blessing. Uh, so thank you, Brother Josh. It's such an appropriate message. First John chapter four. And uh, let's look at, um, let's just go ahead and begin in verse one. We're going to read through uh, verse number 12. Our text is going to be chapter four, verse seven through 12. He says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, which or whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. You're of God, little children. And have overcome and overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, verse seven, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God didn't just talk about his love. He showed his love, didn't he? He did. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And notice what he says here. And his love is perfected in us. No man has seen God at any time, he says. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. That's what the text says. So uh, tonight, um, 
Well, honestly, the, the passage goes all the way through the end of the chapter, but we're, we're going to stop right there because it is just it's enough for us to consider here through verse 12 and his love being perfected in us. In other words, it's completed. It's completed in us. Now, that, that almost sounds like it doesn't work or fit. Right. It's completed in us. There's by the way, there's nothing lacking about God's love. It's not like it's lacking. We make up for God's love. No, that's not what he's saying, but it's, it's perfected in us. That's what he said. It's perfected in us. And, I, and thus, this leads to the title tonight, and it'll give you a little bit to think about as we head towards it. Coming full circle, coming full circle with God's love. That's what we need to see is, is that God's love is meant to come full circle. And that's what the message is going to be about and try to explain that, that God's love can come full circle. That's what he's talking about. So may God bless the reading of his word. We're going to talk more about what we've already heard tonight. Evidently, God in heaven knows we need more exhortation about loving one another. I mean, if you say, I think I got everything right while Brother Josh was preaching, I don't think I need this message. Can we get out maybe early? I mean, say, you know, last year we had a whole year where the theme was love God's way. So, I mean, do we really? And this was our passage. You say, couldn't that just count? Couldn't you just like merge that into this series and let's just move on? No, I think we need it. We often need it. Just within the last, from last Wednesday to this week, I've heard this story mentioned at least a couple of times. And, and so I try to pay attention when things are repeated just to see that, you know, God's probably speaking to us. And, and so Brother Sam gave testimony in the MRI, the Ministry Refresher Institute that we had last week at Heartland Baptist Bible College. And he's speaking to pastors and full-time Christian workers, assistant pastors, uh, those that even work two jobs. Uh, talking about spending and being spent. Some of those pastors that are bivocational pastors, I have the utmost respect for them that they work a 40 to 50 hour job. And then on top of that, they pastor a church. I'm telling you, my heart, my heart goes out to them and my regard for them is very, very high. They love and they are spending and being spent. Well, uh, he was talking about this, how that during his early ministry that he walked in on a conversation at Bible Baptist Church up the road in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where his, his uh, mom was attending and she and another lady were in the office and he kind of bounded into the office and startled them and scared them. Said, hey, what are you talking about? And they said, well, they jumped and said, well, if you want to know, actually, we were talking about you. And he said, well, <laughs> it's his mom. He was thinking, man, she's saying good things about me and and, uh, and he said, uh, actually, she said, actually, we were just talking about how that you don't love us. Don't love us. Well, you can imagine how that just burst your bubble. And uh, so he talked to Miss Sandy about it. And, and, um, and many of you have heard him tell that story, so I'm not trying to go into it a whole lot. But, and she said, well, I know that you love the church family here but I can understand why they would say what they said because they feel like you don't love them. Because his mom said, you know, it seems like you're always mad at us when you're preaching and, and uh, just yelling at us all the time and just doesn't feel like you love us. He said, well, mom, I do love you, <laughs> you know, as you might imagine. Yeah. But then he was rec remembering how that while he was over in Dell City, how that 
Southwest Baptist Church had the reputation. Oh, there's love there. How many have heard that story? There's love at Southwest. There's love at Southwest. Well, he said, those two events sent me on a journey where I began to learn what it meant to love God's people, God's way. Here just uh, today, it was mentioned even in our staff meeting, and we were kind of kidding around about uh, there's love at Southwest and how that, that outside perspective. Well, I want to thank God tonight that there is love at Southwest, but we've got to continue to nurture that culture of love because it doesn't happen just naturally. New members need us to love them. Isn't that right? Long-time members that may be struggling need to know God's love. In fact, I'm going to say it this way, just kind of get right to it. Every week gives us brand new situations that give us the opportunity to apply what it means to love one another. Isn't that true? Every single week in your life as a church member, in my life as a church member, as a family member as well, but we're talking about, you know, church love here and, and love at church. And that's what he's exhorting them. Love one another, love one another, love one another. Man, what a repeated phrase throughout the New Testament. Love one another. There are many uh, ideas about love today, isn't it? Isn't there? I mean, just a lot of different ideas about love. Jill, age six, said this, love is foolish, but I might try it sometime. <laughs> Dave, age eight, said, love will find you even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide since five, but girls keep finding me. So, I mean, <laughs> Dave knows what it's like, right? <laughs> How many times is love one another repeated throughout the New Testament and for the, in the Old Testament is, as well? But I mean, just think about uh, John 13, a new commandment, Jesus said, I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that ye love one another. John 15, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's verse 12, verse 17, not many verses later, he says the same basic thing. These things I command you that you love one another. Paul said in Romans, owe no man anything but to love one another for love for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. First Thessalonians, he also wrote this in chapter four. He says, um, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that, he, that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God that to love one another. First Peter, Peter wrote this, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned. Unfeigned means um, sincere love, not phony love, but sincere love, unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. In fact, if you've been here in this series through 1 John, and, or if you're a student of God's word and you've read 1 John, then you know this is actually the third time, third unit actually, not just third time he's mentioned love one another. He mentions uh, if you're walking in the light, then you show love one to another. Then he says in chapter number three, that was chapter number two, but in chapter number three, he talks about that if we are born of God, if we have the life of God in us, if we have eternal life, then we have love for one another. So if you're in the light, then you love one another. If you have the life of God in you, then you have love for one another. But, but this is really like the summit. 
This is like the summit where he's coming to in, the, in his course of writing to them and saying, we ought to love one another because God first loved us. Most certainly. Yes, we ought to love one another because God saved us out of darkness to show love to one another. I, I believe you would agree that there ought to be a difference in the way that we love one another in here than the way that the world loves one another out there. In fact, it ought to be very evident. Man, they love one another in here. And it's evident in, in the way that they love one another and the, the life of God is in them. And, and so the word love in our text, love one another, mentioned so often, means to have an affection for and evaluate. Uh, it's a choice. It's not just a feeling or an emotion. It's a choice that we make, that we choose to love one another. I like what John Stott, how he defined it. I'm going to use that uh, again tonight. It's self-sacrifice. It's seeking of another's positive good at one's own cost. Seeking someone else's good at one's own cost. Now, I believe it's very important that we keep this verse and these verses in its context um, because the love of God and emphasis on loving one another has been distorted in our time in so many different ways. Um, um, even the, the motive for love, love for self really under the guise of loving others or love differs in its extent. We tend naturally to love people that are just like us. Um, we struggle with loving people that are different. We love people that are easy to love. But not everybody's easy to love. What God calls love uh, is different than what the world calls love. What the world calls love often really is just pure, simple lust. Yes, but I love him or I love her or love is love. How many times do you hear that? But to say that as long as there's love that God's okay with it is to completely overlook what he's said in his word about light and about truth and about what God's standard of holiness is. So we can't say that just love is love. No, we've got to let the word of God define love. I mean, he just spent the first six verses of this chapter saying, listen, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits to see if they are of God. In other words, you, the, the world is going to say something is love and God's not going to agree. Light and truth matter. Even within the Christ, Christian arena, uh, so-called, there's, there's a uh, mantra or there's an emphasis on, you know, let's just set doctrinal differences aside and let's just love one another. Almost as though doctrine doesn't really matter. But that doesn't match up with what John has just said in 1 John chapter 4. I mean, he's just laid it on the line as to the fact that doctrine matters so the beloved apostle would not be in agreement. I don't think John or any of the apostles nor Jesus would be a part of the ecumenical movement of the day that's just saying, let's just get together, link arms and love one another. Well, you can't do that to the, to the um, neglect of Bible doctrine or to the neglect of what it means to be holy and righteous in the eyes of God. So we must try the spirits to see if they're of God and we put it to the test. Does, do they, uh, does that... 
uh, teacher or preacher uh, exalt who Jesus is. And that's not the only test that we ought to, to put it through, but that certainly is what John is emphasizing here. And then what is the position with the world? Because he said uh, the, the world hears the world's message, basically, but believers hear what is truth. And so you can tell a lot about a messenger based on who's hearing them. And so he emphasizes those things, but then he's leading right into loving one another. So does everybody understand that before we move on? I, I, I just, I think we need to emphasize that because we're living in a culture that most certainly is distorting what true love is. Almost as though love doesn't have, have um, uh, parameters or boundaries, and it doesn't when it comes to who we're supposed to love. Now, don't misunderstand me here, but we, we can't just, we can't look at fornication or homosexuality or any other sin for that matter and say, well, as long as they love each other, it's okay. We, we can't call that love because God doesn't call that love. And yet we are to love those that are in fornication to see them saved out of that. And we're to love those that are trapped in the sin of homosexuality to, to basically to love them out of that. Now, that would be a proper approach to what John is saying here. But those that are out there in the world trying to sue their own conscience is going to say, well, that doesn't really apply to me. And God doesn't really care. No, listen, friend, you can't make that statement and be right biblically because God is still holy. He is still light and truth does still matter. And so we've got to we've got to let God guide us in those matters. But but in letting God guide us in those matters, actually, actually. We go to the unlovely. We go to those that are in sin and we try to help them the way that God helped us when we were in sin. Okay, so now let's look at our text in verse number seven with that, all that in mind. Can you keep all that in mind as we get into it? When he says, beloved, beloved, it's almost like, okay, I know I've been preaching hard. Okay, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort, right? That's three parts of preaching, reprove, rebuke, exhort. So reproving, rebuking, those two negatives, one positive. I preached two negative sermons on Sunday, so here's the positive one coming tonight, all right? Reprove, rebuke, exhort. So encouragement is here. He says, beloved, Listen, I, I know that, that you taking a stand for God and living for what is right is not going to make you popular in this society. And so he's coming to them and saying, beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another. I mean, we could just spend a whole sermon just right there and what it means and the application of loving one another because there is many, let me, let me say it this way. There is many applications of loving one another as there are members in this congregation here tonight. And beyond that, those that aren't here tonight, we need to love one another, everyone. And so we could go row by row, person by person, and, and it could be applied to your life and to mine that I am supposed to love each member of this church. And you are supposed to love each member of this church. And I, I think for the most part that you do, but there might be some that you struggle to love. Now, if you're being one of those that's hard to love, then stop. But isn't it true we're supposed to love one another regardless of our backgrounds? Regardless of personality? Well, I like those that's got a personality like mine that I feel comfortable around. Well, God says love one 
another. And he didn't qualify except for those that had that certain personality type. Love regardless of age. Love regardless of contribution. There are some here tonight who, who just don't have the opportunity maybe to make as much of a contribution as others. I think about uh, maybe kids that come here, hey, listen, but we're supposed to love them just as much as we love the adults. Love one another. Love one another regardless of the length of time in church. We have people that are just brand new members here. Well, they need to very quickly feel like this is, the, this is, this is my church family. This is my church family. And, and um, how do we make that happen quickly? Because really they need to be a fill apart. If, you're, if, you're come, if you've come here, maybe you've moved from across country or maybe even you just had a tough situation, you found yourself here. I, I don't know. We're not going to go all the ins and outs of it. But by the process of the Spirit of God leading you, you are a member of this church. Then I think you want to feel like you're a member of this church and a part of this church family. And, and really what you need to do is think about, if you're a member here, you need to think about yourself as being a member here. How's that? If you're a member here, then think about yourself as being a member here. It may still be kind of stuck in your mind. Yeah, but I'm really kind of a member of this church or this church background. No, wait a minute. Actually, if you became a member here, we don't have dual membership. You're a member here. You're a member of this family, this church family. And so uh, you need to make this your home. And part of that is on your part to make this a decision. But also I'm speaking to us as a church family that we might be mindful of those that maybe have a hard time kind of fitting in here and just be mindful of it in the sense that we'd go out of our way to try to befriend them and bring them in. Help them to feel love because I'm telling you, love will help them to feel right at home. But if they have a hard time kind of getting in, they're not going to feel like this is their place where they really belong. Is that making any kind of sense right there? Love, regardless of the amount of time, regardless of social standing, regardless of physical appearance. Don't base your love for others, members of the church, based on how they look. You're supposed to love bald people. Amen. Got a witness over here. It's good. You're supposed to love people that maybe just aren't attractive. Hey, listen, the world loves people based on appearances. I, it crossed my mind and maybe there was somebody there in that congregation that just didn't have a good physical appearance. I mean, maybe they, maybe some of life was tough on them. Maybe they were missing part of a, of an ear or a part of a, uh, of their body. I mean, really these were hard times they were living in. It's not, un, it's not unlikely that some of them maybe would have had burns that came from how they were treated by a master. Are you following what I'm saying right there? I mean, the, the slavery of that day and time was wrong, just like it is in our day and time. But I mean, it was very brutal. And so physically there might've been somebody there that was kind of hard to look at, hard to love. We're supposed to love one another regardless of physical appearance. Regardless of financial status, regardless of intelligence. But I, I, to, to do that now, hang on, before I get in uh, any kind of a hurry here, I, I think that we need to be mindful of this, that listen, we, we shouldn't get into some kind of little cliques within the church family. I mean, you're naturally going to have friends. and I'm not against people having friends. People, you need friends. You need to be a friend. But if the only people that you ever talk to is the people that you always talk to, then something's wrong with your church life. Okay, you, you, need, you said, I thought this message was going to be encouraging. It is. I'm encouraging you to, to get, get beyond. 
just the few that you'd normally talk to because that's not church life. And, and so I realized, I, again, I'm not, I'm not against you having friends. I've got friends, you've got friends. All God's people need friends. But, but you need to get beyond just your friend group and say something to somebody you never talked to before if we're going to love one another God's way. Love one another Love one another. He says, beloved, love one another. Love one another regardless of intelligence. And you know, really, it's a beautiful picture that's going on here that there are people that are welly, uh, welly, (laughs) okay, I am not among them, well educated. You know, I mean, they've got several degrees. And then there's people that didn't even make it through much of high school. Well, it doesn't matter. Because we're supposed to love one another, regardless of intelligence or uh, accomplishments. And, and how about this one? Love one another regardless of athletic ability. Don't base loving one another in a church family based on who's good at volleyball or who's good at softball, or who's good at basketball. Don't, don't make it about that. Young people, don't make it about that. Hey, you love people that aren't athletic, right? Um, and... Uh, and so we, we shouldn't base it on athletic ability. We shouldn't base it on family size, whether they have a lot of kids or they have very few kids. We shouldn't base it on marital status. Somebody that's here that's been through a, a, a tough divorce, they shouldn't feel like, man, that's marked me forever and I'm just a divorced person. No, I pray that God would so use this church family that they'd go out in and out of here every week saying, you know, I'm not a, just a divorced person. I'm somebody that has worth in Jesus Christ and I'm loved by that church family. I, I'm not a divorcee. I'm a person. I'm a child of God. Love one another. Beloved, love one another. And then he basically gives these reasons as to why we need to love one another. Again, we can make a whole message just on, on what it means to love one another. In fact, I think Brother Josh has done a fantastic job tonight of saying, listen, it's going to cost you something. If we're really going to apply this, it's gonna, you're going to you're gonna spin and be spent. It's going to get you to the point of exhaustion at times that, that you really do try to show love to one another. So why? Why should we show that kind of love to one another and, and even grow in love and what it means to do that? Well, here it is. Look at Verse number seven again. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Love is of God. What does that mean? Love is of God. Love comes from God. Love is of God. God is our source. Our love runs out. God's love never runs out. I said God's love never runs out. If you find that your love is running out for somebody, then you're not loving them with God's love. You're loving them with your love. Our love is kind of like the paint that you put on the roller. It goes for a while and then it runs out. We got to go get some more. Isn't that right? I mean, that's our love, but God's love is eternal. His love doesn't wane. It doesn't go up and down. It's always constant. And so we're to love one another, beloved, because love is of God. We got to get to that because actually even love itself is the fruit of the spirit. I can't love. I truly now think about this. I can't love the way that I'm supposed to love without the spirit of God helping me. And you can't either because that's a fruit of the spirit. You say, well, unsaved people love people. Yes, but they can according to what the word of God says, the way that God wants them to love. Oftentimes what is called love is either self-centered or based on, on just affection for others. But this is when it gets really tough. You got to have God's kind of love. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. I can say to everyone here tonight, God in heaven sincerely loves each and every one of you. And it's not based on your performance. 
It's not based on your good performance. God doesn't love you more because you're his favorite child. No, God doesn't have favorites. God has children. God doesn't love you because of your performance. God doesn't love you less because of your bad performance. No, listen, friend, God loves you. Love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. There's that perfect tense of the verb coming up again in 1 John, is born of God. They are saved. They are born into God's family and they ought to resemble their father. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and watch this now, and knoweth God. And knoweth God. Knowing there is present tense. Everybody still follow me right here? Knowing is present tense. That means it's ongoing. Born of God means it's perfect. It's settled in the past and it has effects into the, into the present. Born of God, you're only born of God one time. You're, in other words, what I'm saying is you're only saved one time, but you're saved forever, praise his holy name, because it wasn't up to you to get yourself saved. And it's not up to you to keep yourself saved. You are born of God. And, and so he that loveth is born of God. John says, listen, here's an indication whether you know a person really is born again is they ought to have a love for one another. But that's not the only qualification. He says this, they are born of God and they know God. That's present tense. It's ongoing. It's a right relationship. So you can tell a lot about even a believer based on how he's loving his brothers and sisters in Christ. And that'll show you a lot about his relationship with God. He is born of God and knoweth God. Now look at verse number eight. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. He doesn't say that he's not born of God. He says he knoweth not God. You know what that means? Right here, he's dealing with this. It is possible that you could be born of God and yet not be loving the way that God wants you to. And thus the multitude of verses that say, love one another, love one another, love one another, because evidently we need some help on loving one another. And that all traces down basically to this, your relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is right, then our love for others will be right. If our relationship with God is not right, then our relationship with loving others will not be right. It's really that simple. Boy, it's quiet in here tonight. So preacher, what are you saying? I'm just trying to say what he said, that the reason we ought to love one another is because love is of God. It comes from God and God is love. God is love. By the way, you can't flip that on its head and say love is God. Grammatically, it actually only goes one way and the two don't mean the same. God is holy unless he's only going to love in a holy way. Okay. God is love. He is loving. He is gracious. So the reason, first reason that he comes to in this passage, there are three, just to give you that up front. There are three reasons that we ought to show love one to another here within this church family is one is this, God is love. And if you're saved, then you ought to show the kind of love that comes from him because you've got a resource in love. You say, well, I'm just not a loving person. Of course you're not. You say, well, that wasn't very loving. I'm just simply saying what the Bible is saying here is that none of us are loving. He said, well, I have my grandmother. She was loving, not without God's help. You say, are you preaching the Bible or you're just preaching your ideas? That's the Bible. Because love is of God. Love doesn't come from man. Love doesn't come from your granny. Bless her heart. Love doesn't come from her. She had to get love from God to share with the likes of you, don't you know? Love is of God. Love is of God. So that means if you're safe, you've got the same resource that anybody else in here has. God. You say, yeah, but you're not married to my wife or you're not married to my husband. No, I'm not. And that's, that's, that's your arena of life to deal with. But it just, 
Okay, that didn't really come out like I meant for it to. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. Answer that question. Does God love them? Well, yes, God loves them, but I don't have to. Yes, you do. And yes, you can. If you're born of God and you know God and God's working in you, then it doesn't matter how unlovely, how unkind, how mean, how disrespectful, how, how distant. It doesn't matter what the situation is because didn't God love us when we were disrespectful? And didn't God love us when we were distant from Him? And didn't God love us when we were doing wrong? And didn't God love us when we failed Him miserably? Hasn't God loved us that kind of way? You say, yeah, but that's God. It's me that I'm talking about. I know, but you're supposed to love them with God's love, not your locos you've got. No, I thought we already settled that. I wonder how many people are following this <laughs> here tonight. Are you, are you getting this? Love is of God, so you can show love. Love is of God, and everyone that knoweth loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not is not, is, 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 knoweth not God, for God is love. That's the first reason. Okay. Love, love is of God. Everybody got that? So you can show love to even that unlovely person because God loves them, and you can love them with God's love. That's basically what he's saying in verse 7 and 8. You know what that does? That leaves every single one of us without an excuse as to why we don't love that person. Because God is not partial in his love. Hmm. Well, that just settled a bunch. All right, well, let's go a little bit further, okay? He encouraged them then to love one another because love is of God. It's sourced in God. It comes from him. But then number two, we ought to love one another because God displayed his love in sending his son. Look, look at uh, verse number nine. He says, and this was manifested. So it wasn't just like God told us he loved us. So thank God that he does. And, and, and even uh, uh, piggybacking off of uh, what Brother Josh said, uh, it's not just that he told us he loved us, he showed it. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us because that God sent his son, his only begotten son, rather, into the world that we might live through him. Praise God. His holy name. He loved us when we didn't deserve it. He loved us and showed us, not just as an incarnation, just when he, not when he just, not just when he came to the earth, but what John has in mind is that he loved you all the way to the cross and died for your wretched soul, and died for my wretched soul, and died for my sinful soul. Are you listening to me here tonight? God loved you when you were unlovely. And this was manifested. He showed his love. He took it from the abstract. The abstract means that it's an idea. He, he took it from the abstract and he put it in the concrete form that, that is measurable, that you can see, that you can watch, you can even hear. He didn't just say, I love you, and then it never showed you. But he showed you that he loves you by sending his only begotten son that you might live through him. I like, what, um, I like what John Stott said. He said, no greater gift of God is conceivable because, conceivable because no greater gift was possible. No greater gift was possible than God giving for us his only begotten son. 
He went on to say the greatness of his love is seen in the costliness of his self-sacrifice for the wholly undeserving. God loved us even though we didn't deserve it. Can I say to you tonight that left to yourself, you would not love God? Left to ourselves, we would hate God. We do. Left to ourselves, we hate God. You say, no, I love God. Well, you're not speaking Bible language because in you that is in your flesh, there's no good thing. And you are at enmity. The Bible says you are at enmity with God. You know what that means? That you were the enemy of God. Isn't it amazing that God loved us even when we were opposing him? But God committed this love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. Look at verse number uh, 10. It wasn't like you love God first. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a word that just basically means this. The wrath of God that was deserving upon us, he transferred. Are you listening now? The wrath of God that was on you as a sinner, the wrath of God that was on me as a sinner, the wrath of God that was on all of humanity, he transferred to Jesus and he took our punishment. He took the wrath of God that we might go free. He's the wrath removing sacrifice. Who here deserves that? Not one of us. He showed his love. He didn't wait for us to love him. He didn't wait for us to, to seek forgiveness. He moved toward us in love. The second reason here that he comes to, that he says love one another is because God loved you. He displayed his love for you. He's your source to show love to others. He loved you. And then verses 11 and 12, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. We're obligated. I said we're obligated. If God showed us this kind of love, then we're obligated to show that kind of love to others. We've experienced his love. Remember, if you remember that, that was our theme throughout the year of 2022, that those who have experienced God's love should extend his love to others. We've experienced it, let's extend it. We've experienced it, let's extend it. Impartially. My attention was really drawn in the midst of all this to verse number 12 when he says this. So we're to love one another because love comes from God. We're to love one another because he loved us. And we're to love one another in verse number 12, because God wants to love through us. Look at verse number 12. He says, no man has seen God at any time. No man has seen God at any time. There's other verses that point that out. In fact, it's interesting. John 1, the gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse number 18, essentially says the same thing, only with a little bit of a different focus to it. No man has seen God at any time. Then he goes on to say this, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten of, the, of God, talking about the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he, Jesus, hath declared him. Does everybody follow that? No man has seen God at any time, but the way that we know God's love, the father's love, is the son is on, was on the scene and showed us the father's love. All right now, later, now that Jesus has ascended back to heaven, John, the same writer, says here, no man has seen God at any time. 
But look what he says next in verse number 12. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. So he's saying this, listen, when Jesus was upon the earth, it is true, no man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten son of God who's in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. But here's the point. Jesus is not physically, bodily upon the earth, but we are. And no man now has seen God, but whoso loves in him, God dwells. You see it there in verse number 12. Let me go back and read it just right. I'm sorry. Look at verse number 12. It says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected, completed in us. It goes full circle. It goes like this. God showed love to us and we're to show love to others that they in turn might show love back to God. Everybody got that? God showed love to you that you then in turn might show his love to others that they in turn might show love back to God. That's how love goes full circle. But if it's just this way, God showed love to you and you're the recipient of his love and you don't show his love to others. It goes back to him from you, but it doesn't go full circle to somebody else back to him. And in, he, in us, it says it right there, Brother Craighead, in us, the love of God is perfected. It's completed. It comes full circle. It makes a circuit. I, I don't know enough about electricity to use the, the full analogy here, but that's the idea is it completes the circuit. But if, if people are not experiencing the love of God, where's the breakdown? Is it with God? No, it's not that he's not showing us love. Is it that we're not showing love to others? That's a strong possibility. Could it be that they're not receiving God's love? That's a possibility. At least we've eliminated one possibility that it's not with God. The reason people don't feel loved in church is not because God doesn't love them. God loves them. The reason people don't feel loved in church is because people that know God and have been the recipients of love are not passing his love on to them. Or they're not receiving it. They're pushing it off. Two problems right there. One, either people that have experienced his love aren't passing it on the way that they ought to be, or these that are the recipients, not only of God's love, but that God's love through them to them, they're pushing it off. Both are problematic. Okay. So what are we to do? Well, we're to love others the way that God loved us, which means it's going to cost us something. We're going to spend and be spent. There'll be times even when you love and you won't be loved back. Anybody hear me right now? So many times you're going to show love. You're going to knock doors on that Saturday or you're going to stay. You're going to miss your International Baptist nap time on Sunday afternoon and you're not going to be loved back. Isn't that right? It's going to be time that you're going to go out of your way. You're going to go from that side of the balcony over to this side of the balcony to meet somebody and talk to somebody you've never talked to before. And they're going to maybe not going to show you the kind of love back that you thought they ought to. But why did you do that in the first place? To get love back or to show love of God? So we don't show God's love for selfish purposes. We show God's love to show God's love and their good for their good. We got to show God's love without condoning sin. Did God sweep our sin under the rug and say he loved us anyways? No, he dealt with our sin on the cross. 
And Jesus is the propitiation for our sin. So showing love God's way within a human relationship means there's going to be times you have to deal with things you don't want to deal with. When you've been sinned against or when you have sinned against someone and you must say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I was wrong. Even when you don't want to admit it. I'm waiting for them to start that. Uh, good thing God didn't wait for you to start that whole process of reconciliation. You say, man, I thought this was going to be an encouraging message. Yeah, I, forget that. Okay, we'll do that another time. We need this, don't we? Because there, there may be somebody that's got a, a relationship here, even within a family member, or a spouse or a child, and uh, you're not forgiving them and you won't forgive them because you want them to hurt like you hurt. Well, that's not God's love. You forgiving them doesn't mean that they get off scot-free. That's not how God did. God dealt with sin and God dealt with us. But keeping the hurt there is not going to help. Certainly our love has got to go from the abstract. What I'm doing is I'm just trying to take how God loved us and how we ought to love one another. And, and God's love went from the abstract to the concrete. Because we could say like Brother Josh said, hey, love you, man. Love you, bro. But I'll show you what really shows love is when you make, make a meal and take it to them. Okay, now, those of you that do have the tendency to say, love you, bro, you probably don't know how to cook. So think about some other way <laughs> to show love, but it's got to be tangible. It's got to be real. Take them out to eat. You know how to spend money, right? Just not on anybody except yourself, but try. <laughs> oh, man, this is not encouraging, but this is true. Pay them a visit. Send them a text. Make a phone call. Spend some time with them. It's going to cost you something. It'll cost you something to work in vacation Bible school, but kids need to know that they're loved by God. It'll cost you energy. It's going to cost our church some expense, but it's well worth it. It may just be that you ought to go across the street and mow a neighbor's yard that's having a hard time. It may be that you ought to take your family on vacation, even though it's going to cost a lot, it's going to be worth it. Don't wait for the other person. Make the first move. Your love gives the opportunity for others to live. Didn't God's love do that for us? That we might live through Him? That we might be in the light, not in the darkness? So as we show God's love and He lives in us to show His love through us, then the opportunity is there that somebody might have life because you showed them love. Somebody might be called out of darkness through God's word and be brought into the marvelous light. They might go from hopeless to hope just because you haven't given up on them. I think there's a lot of people here tonight that truth be told, you would have given up a long time ago. Except somebody here showed you love. So what do you want you to do? Show somebody else love. Pass it on. Complete the circuit. Go full circle with this. Uh, maybe like many of you, we have a, um, <clears throat> an inside thermometer deal that tells us what the temperature is outside and then also inside. 
So as we're coming into the summer months, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of a custom. I'd check to see, okay, what, what the temperature is here this morning. And for the last week and a half or so, it was 65 degrees. All times of the day, 65. I thought, glory, hallelujah. This is going to be a great summer. It's 65 degrees. Really outside, as I looked, checked on, you know, the, uh, you know, weather channel, whatever on the app, it was actually like 91 degrees. But the little deal outside was registering 65 degrees, 65 degrees. Now I could go on thinking it was 65 degrees, but that's just a figment of my imagination. What I had to do is actually realize that the battery was running low and that outside receiver or, or yes, receiver, however that works. Somebody more intelligent could explain it, but I know this, the battery is low and I had to change the battery. Now it's reflecting what the temperature really is. Hey, look, if you're having a hard time loving others, you could say, yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Actually, it may just be your spiritual batteries running low and you need to let God help you. How long is it going to take me to love Learn to love one another. I thought it was significant tonight, Brother Ron, that you and your family are here because um, 2021, you all were here and we were up in the calf and the acoustics are great up in the calf and they began to sing a song called Love One Another. And Brother Ron shared with me that every year they have a, a theme song for their family. And he said, this has been our theme song for the last five years because they're still trying to learn how to love one another. I thought about it this way, Brother Ron, honestly. The theme, love God's way, could be our theme, our church theme, till Jesus comes again. That could be our theme song because we're still trying to get it down. Still trying to learn how to love one another. Till Jesus comes again and we're dealing with this old flesh, I imagine we're still going to need to learn how to love one another. But we can be encouraged by this. Love is of God. It comes from Him. It gets passed on to others through us. He manifested his love to us in Christ dying on the cross. And people can't see God, but they can see you. And the only love of God they may know is if you're showing the kind of love that you ought to be showing. So, beloved, here we are again. Let's love one another. Let's stand together here tonight. Appreciate your kind attention. God's love is meant to go full circle. You're a recipient of God's love. If you're here not saved, certainly you could be saved tonight. But I know that the majority of people I'm preaching to tonight, sharing God's word with, have been saved by the grace of God and born of God. God's love is meant to go full circle. You're a recipient of his love, but he showed you that love even for you to pass it on to others that they in turn might know the love of God and love him. That way it goes full circle. If in any way you're part of the reason why it's not going full circle, then come and talk to the Lord about it here tonight. It could be that you're only receiving end of God's love, but you're spurning it, which means that you're pushing it off, rejecting it. I encourage you not to do that. Just be a recipient of his love. You can't earn it. Don't, don't try to think, well, I, I can't have God's love because I can never earn it. Well, none of us could. But you could receive God's love because he gives it freely.
Father, tonight, in Jesus' name, I pray you'd help us to learn to love one another. We need it within our families, within marriages, within uh, friendships, within the church family, God. Um, to love new members that maybe don't feel like this is their church home just yet. I pray, God, that you'd help us to overcome that by the power of your love and friendliness. Lord, for somebody that's struggling even to feel loved, somebody that's struggling to show love, I know you're sufficient for these things. And so we pray for your help in Jesus' name.